This is Talk O Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regler. The Lakers continue to go into their winning ways. The Lakers are currently sitting at a 21-3 record, first in the West. Alex, what is going on, man? How are you today? I'm good, man. It's weird not recording after a game. I'm so used to us breaking down games, so this is weird. It is weird. It's only our second time this whole season not recording after a game, but don't worry. Next week, we're going to be back to recap the Lakers because uh, they're going to play the Pacers on a Tuesday night next week, an early one, 4 o'clock start. So don't worry about that. Just one week of us trying to find things to talk about. I'm sure, but, I'm sure we'll figure something out, yeah. I'm sure we will. Um, you can catch us on Twitter. I'm Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. Alex Regla's at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Or you can catch his work every Monday on silverscreenandroll.com. This week you wrote about the Lakers front court just engulfing the NBA. What exactly did you write? And Because um, I kind of want to talk about the what you wrote about when it comes to the magic. I think there's a cool matchup coming up. But explain to the listeners what they can read on silverscreenandroll.com. Yeah, so I wrote about basically how big the Lakers are. Like in kind of this era where everyone's going small and shooting a lot of threes, the Lakers are kind of... Cunning. they're just focusing more on using their size and length to kind of bully teams around and I think that can be seen most in the number of dunks they get how many shots they get at the rim and we saw that against Minnesota where Anthony Davis had 50 points and he didn't make one single three that game so I, I just think that's been like the backbone of this team this year just their huge size in the front court and for 48 minutes they have either AD McGee or Dwight out there at all times so it's a luxury this team has just to have that type of rim protection and size that other teams really can't match up a match up against. But like you said, Orlando's one of the few teams that has a lot of big guys, so that's definitely mm-hmm. gonna be a fun matchup. Um, I don't mean to blindside you, but have you been keeping track of the Lakers dunks this season? I have. <laughs> I think ever since Are we, we... <laughs> the thing is i know like NBA is full of analytics and we've kind of just like a huge revolution with numbers and everything like that. But dunks are really hard to find like on any website. Yeah. So I've had to, I don't know the team, like where they stand as a team, but I know they're the only team in the league that has three players in the top 20 in dunks. So I, yeah, I, it's something that we talked about in the off season that it just like popped in my head. I was like, wow, this team, or I think it was after like the first preseason game where I was like, dude, this team's going to break the dunk record. I don't even know what the dunk record is. But this team dunks. Is there like a percentage? Is there any way to find it? Like how many points come off dunks for Lakers be a percentage? I'm sure. I I don't. I can't afford that data. Like I'm sure. Like ESPN people <laughs> definitely have it. I know the percentage of shots that come at the rim though. They're. I think they're like about forty. Um, about forty percent of their shots come at the rim, which is I think second most in the entire league behind Milwaukee. And so yeah, I they're mean, definitely going to happen too. Yeah, they're definitely Go attacking. Ahead. That's all they're doing. It's obviously when you have Anthony Davis and LeBron drives in all the time, Dwight, Javel, like it's going to happen. It's going to be – it's just part of the Lakers' offense. But it would be really interesting if we can get Vox Media to pay for that for us, to be like, hey, uh, we're we're recording a podcast every Tuesday, and they want to know how many dunks the Lakers have <laughs> on the season. Can we find that? Can we afford that? <laughs> Man, show me the petition to sign up for that. I, I'm all here. I'm here for that. Because every game, it's I think I'm, we're not the only people that have noticed it. Every game, man, it's just like dunk after dunk after dunk. 
And obviously that's probably a reason why the Lakers are averaging so many points this season. When you're getting easy baskets off of those matchups, it's it's a uh, it's an entertaining form of basketball that the Lakers are playing on offense. It's really fun to see. Yeah, I think against Portland, I I, I had to track it kind of like by hand. Um, I think their first six or seven baskets were either layups or dunks. So it, it's a pattern that has just kind of been there all season. Yeah, it's like I wrote in like an article about the dunks earlier. Like dunks are really fun, and I think that's what makes this team so fun. It's an interesting thing to, because, like in the NFL, the sack, the the stat, the sack mm-hmm. wasn't recorded until like the '80s, I believe. And it's just one of those things. Where it's like, why wouldn't you be keep keeping track of dunks and team dunks? And it's such a big part of the game that it just be like we keep track of free throws, of three pointers, of lay. You know, like why wouldn't we keep track of of dunks? But either way, that's just my little rant. But I think the Lakers, whatever the record is, the Lakers are breaking it this year. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we don't. We probably wouldn't know because we can't track it. But yeah. I'm sure I, I, I test wise, it definitely feels that way. It definitely, definitely feels that way. Okay, so we decided since there is no game today, what are we going to talk about? There really isn't any sort of breaking news with the Lakers tonight, except that we will talk about Avery Bradley's return uh, tonight. If you're listening on Wednesday. But for us here, we're recording here on a Tuesday, which is why we're called Talk O Tuesday. Uh, Avery Bradley will play against the Magic on Wednesday. So that's the biggest breaking news that we can really talk about. Uh, obviously, there's Andre Iguodala rumors, but those are rumors and that can change. So I don't really want to date ourselves, but we'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, what me and you decided was we're a quarter way through the season, basically, so far. A little bit past the quarter way of the 82-game season. Lakers are 21-3. and There's not a lot to nitpick. So we decided to just ask a couple questions and see what we came up with. The first question that we came up with is, who has impressed you the most this season on the Lakers? I'll let you go first, Alex. So it's probably the easiest answer, one of the easiest answers, but I'm going to say LeBron. I think coming into the season... And especially after the year he had last season where they didn't make the playoffs, he had to deal with his first really major injury and then the age catching up to him. I, I didn't really know what to expect from him this year. And I, I can't compliment him enough and talk enough about how good he's been, specifically passing the ball. Like coming into the year, we talked about him playing point guard and how much he was going to have the ball in his hands and how much he really needed to create for this team. And he's done that. Like he leads the league in assists. He's setting, he's setting up Anthony Davis nonstop. He's passing. Even when he's not getting the assist, he's making sure the ball gets fed to him in the post. He's just finding his teammates and putting them in spots to succeed. That really has kind of been the offense. I know AD gets a ton of the points, and he gets a lot of the points, but I think it's LeBron's passing and that trickle-down effect where everyone's kind of making that extra pass and stuff that I, I can't speak enough about how good he's been. And also on defense. like He's playing defense for the first time in a couple of years and his three-point shooting has improved I, I feel like and he's shooting 50 percent from the field at this age with the league leading and assist like i can't i i can't say enough about how good he's been uh, do you feel like lebron's trying to prove a point like that lebron is still lebron so far early this season i i think it feels like it i know he talked about it and there's a lot of quotes about him uh trying to prove people that he wasn't washed and all that type of stuff and I uh, I mean I this is a really big statement from him the way he's playing that he's on the number one team in the league he's playing at an MVP type level at this age like I don't think we talk enough about how good he's been at this age and like how rare that is in in athletics not even basketball just in any sport like he's been amazing and and an elite elite player and I think he's a huge reason why they're this good. 
it's really hard to like pick anybody but LeBron and AD. So when I asked the question, I picked Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis, well, I don't think he is leading the team in scoring rebounds, blocks, and steals. He's probably maybe uh, the league MVP and possibly the defensive player of the year so far. Uh, Anthony Davis has been everything that we wanted and more coming from New Orleans. I think he's just, I, I don't know if it's playing with LeBron that's making him look so much better than he looked in New Orleans, but I feel like he looks better now than he did in New Orleans. And in New Orleans, he was already an all-star. Um, Anthony Davis, to me, um, I just think maybe I didn't watch him too much when he was in New mm-hmm. Orleans, except when they were playing kind of big games, which is rare for the Pelicans. Um, so I think being able to watch him night in, night out, maybe that's why I'm so impressed with him. I got to see LeBron last year before he got hurt. Uh, everyone's seen LeBron play. Everyone knows how good he is. But now watching Anthony Davis, it's been so impressive, whether if it's his three-point abilities, his ability around the rim, his defense has just been remarkable. I know they t- keep talking about it, and they talked about it in the offseason, about how that's going to be their they're basically their goal is to be the top defensive team in the league. And they're, they're going out there and like playing like that's their goal. You know, they're not just saying it and Anthony Davis, LeBron leading the way to me, Anthony Davis has been the most impressive. I think just because I already got LeBron last year. So I, I, I know what to expect with LeBron and the, the Los Angeles spotlight has not made Anthony Davis worse. I think he's shining brighter in the spotlight in Los Angeles. Is there something specifically that you've noticed this season that you didn't know, either that you didn't know he was capable of or that has impressed you the most about about his game? His calmness. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to ever get rattled. He doesn't seem to ever... I mean, everybody forces the issue every now and then. It's basketball. It's just natural. But to me, his calmness and his ability to maintain himself within his game, he doesn't try and do things he knows he's not great at, which is very little. No, I, I definitely, and I think, like, for me, I think his, like, I didn't realize how athletic he was. Like, yeah. I, I knew he, you know, just look at him, he's a beast, like, he's huge, he can dribble and all that, but, like, the way he can close out to shooters at his size, the way he can dribble the ball, the way he could kind of, like, just do everything on the court is just so rare for someone his size. It's, to see it every every single game, you could appreciate it more, like you said earlier, like, from afar, we, we all know, like, oh, he was an all-star, he's a great player. But I don't think you really appreciate that until you watch him every single game and watch him do like the smallest little things. They go, "Whoa, my God!" Like he he like grabbed a rebound and took it all the way down the court himself and got an and one. Like we haven't seen that in a while. Like in a Lakers uniform, besides like a LeBron James or Kobe or even like back when Lamar Odom was here. So it's just uh, like you said, just watching him every game, you do kind of notice what makes him so special. Yeah, um, he had a forty twenty game earlier this year. Who ha- that hasn't been done since Shaq was a Laker. He scored 50 points on Sunday, and only three players have done that this decade for the Lakers. Guys named Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and now Anthony Davis. He has just been amazing so far this year. And I heard it today on national radio. I don't remember which specific show it was, but I heard it today on national radio. They were interviewing somebody, and he's like, I don't think – oh, it was Reggie Miller. I heard Reggie Miller today, and I think it was the Dan Patrick show. And he said – I don't think Anthony Davis will win the MVP because he's going to split votes with LeBron James. And he said the same thing about the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. Like, I don't think Kawhi is going to win MVP because he's going to split votes with Paul George. Um, Regardless, they're playing like MVPs, both of them, LeBron and Anthony Davis. So 
that's I don't care if they actually win MVP or not. I'm not gonna like start petitioning on Twitter about AD for MVP. Like it's not. I think the Lakers have bigger goals than that, and it it's just nice to see both of them play at an MVP caliber level, especially when we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of the schedule here late in basically starting this week. Yeah, I, I think that's been the most impressive thing so far about this team is how good these two guys have been. And there really hasn't been any like hiccups or any kind of like clunkiness w- in terms of them on the f- floor together. Like it's worked. And usually superstar duos don't work this fast or don't work at all. And this is probably the quickest I've ever seen like a duo, maybe besides Kobe and Powell, like, cause that was like an instant mm-hmm. thing with those two also. But it's really rare to have these two kind of mega, mega stars and have them be on the same page and be this good at the same time. It's, I think it's, it's a, makes them really scary. And I think the title favorite at this point, it's, it's really also encouraging to see that I don't think either of them care like who the top mm-hmm. dog is. You know, because like there's nights where it's LeBron and there's nights where it's Anthony Davis and there's no issue there. Like they seem to get along on and off the court. And that's, you know, when you put two superstars together, you never know how they're truly going to mesh, a.k.a. LeBron and Kyrie just did not Yeah, they won. But did they really like mesh together? Not really. Obviously, the drama has been documented. So it's it's great to see the chemistry on the court, which obviously they're great together on the court. And it's good to see that they actually get along off the court. And then I remember that I think it was, we haven't been on since they posted that picture on the team plane. Like the whole team is just getting along. Yeah. And they've players have said, this is the most cohesive team that I've ever been on. And that's, I don't remember. I think it was maybe Dwight that said it, but, um, or JaVale, one of those two. It's, it's encouraging to see, because like I said, the schedule, we talked about it last week and the week before about how it's going to get hard, but it really is going to get hard here coming up shortly. Um, okay, obviously the team's 21-3. and three. We can't nitpick too much on what's happened so far, um, but we did come up with the question is, who has impressed you the least? And, I mean, the Lakers added seven players. They drafted one guy who played a little – Talon Horton Tucker has played a little bit, so I'll count eight new players on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first on this one, or I can go first? Who's impressed you the least so far this season on the Lakers? I'll say I'm going to go with Quinn Cook. And I don't, okay. I'm not sure how much of it is that he hasn't got a consistent run. And I'm not, maybe that has played a part in him not, you know, getting his rhythm with his jumper and stuff like that. But just the times he's out there, I, I kind of feel underwhelmed. Like every time he's out there, like especially if he's not taking any shots and he's not the greatest passer. And we all know he has defensive issues. So it, there's a lot of times when he's out there that I'm kind of cringing, like, oh man, like. Either he's getting blown by or he's just too small to guard, you know, the opposition. And then if he's not shooting his threes, I think he's like at 34% this year, which isn't horrible, but for his standards, it's pretty bad. He was like about a 40% shooter last year. So I, he's a guy they signed for a two-year deal. So I, they definitely thought high enough of him to, to give him that deal. And they, I think they expected him to really battle for you know, point guard minutes. And I think so far, guys like Caruso and Rondo and then Bradley have kind of exceeded him pretty easily in the in the rotation so he, he's the, been the guy for me what about you um i went with troy daniels um for me i was just kind of looking and, and thinking about when i watch games hey he doesn't play every game um but when he does it's his lowest point average total since 2015 
It's his lowest percentage on three. He's 33% since lowest since 2015 as well. Last year, he shot 5% better from the field and also 5% better from the threes in the exact same amount of minutes as he's averaging uh, with the Lakers as he did last year with the Suns. So he is clearly used to playing a limited role on a team. Um, and he's just not, you know, when you sign a guy to be your three-point guy, a.k.a. Danny Green, and then, but you don't perform like you're supposed to perform. I was thought about going with Danny Green, but he's not having that terrible of a season to like say I'm least impressed with him because he's had games where you're like, damn, okay, that's going to come in handy in the playoffs. I just haven't seen it yet from Troy. I'm not saying we won't see it. It's obviously a small sample size so far, but for me, Troy Daniels has been the least impressive because they brought him on to be a three point shooter, and he's and he's averaging thirty three percent, and it's just not good enough to warrant him getting more than fourteen points, fourteen minutes a game. And I think for guys like Cook and Daniels, who are like these three-point specialists, they really don't have anything else to add. Like they're not defensive guys, they're not playmakers, they're not. They can't really help in other areas. So when their one kind of skill isn't working, it does get magnified, and they do kind of look pretty bad out there when they're not making their shots. I I, I wonder if it's just in a really small sample. Like you said, it's only they've only played in about nineteen or twenty games between those two guys. I wonder if they get more run that those averages will just kind of regress back to their career career numbers or not. But like I said, I'm not sure because we talked about Avery Bradley's coming back. Rondo maybe will be back soon. Like I'm not sure when those guys will find minutes because it seems like Caruso is the guy Vogel really trusts, especially down down the stretch. And didn't you – you were tweeting out some stats about why Caruso is getting those opportunities. Because was that you or was that Harrison tweeting those out? Uh, in terms of like, I think his net rating. Well, he, he has one of the best net ratings and the, the best defensive rating on the team. And I think when he plays with LeBron and he plays with AD, they're like a plus thirty or plus forty. So, That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, so they're definitely playing really well when he's out there. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like. Caruso may not be scoring the way he scored last year, but that's expected. I mean, last year was garbage games, garbage time. He was getting like 35 minutes a game. He was able to shoot 15 times a game. If Alex Caruso is shooting 15, 20 times a game, something's going terribly wrong in this game for the Lakers. Let's be real. So he has sacrificed, not sacrificed, he didn't have a choice. He is not going to score as much as he did in the in the final stretch of the, of the season last year, but he's doing things effectively in other parts of the game, which is exactly what you said, and it was a great point, is, Troy Daniels and Quinn Cook can't really do that. And it's not what they were signed to do anyways, to be fair to them. But, I mean, it's like Kyle Korver sticks out in my mind. Like, you know why you signed Kyle Korver. And you're not expecting him to do much else other than that, right? So it's the same thing with Troy Daniels and Quinn Cook. And they just haven't performed to the level of what the Lakers probably wanted. Obviously, still only 24 games, plenty of time to improve. So um, I just don't want to be, like, too, like, harsh on it yet. You know, it's like. We're not even at Christmas yet. Well, it, and if I had to ask you, between Caruso, Cook, and Daniels, who do you think has the best three-point percentage this season? Caruso, Cook, or Daniels? Yeah, if you had a guess, which one do you think is shooting the best this season from, from three? I have seen Cook make more threes than the other two. It's actually Caruso. Uh, <laughs> Caruso. It's actually Caruso, okay. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been shooting the ball really well lately, and we saw that last game. He actually put up like 16 points and did shoot the ball a lot. So if his offense is also there, like he's not going to, like you say, he's not going to put up 20 points a game or anything crazy like that. But we know how good his defense is. So if he can, Oh, you you got me on a technicality, man. Barely. 34.3? Yeah. <laughs> still, still. But, but that's <laughs> no, the point. No, it's true. 
yeah, like if if he's shooting like technically better than those guys and he's out there longer and he's out there making those shots when they count, like I don't see why those guys earn any minutes over him. I think he's earned yeah. every minute he's gotten so far. Do you think they should be No, nah, I'm not going to go back there. I'm not I'm what? tired of asking about the Rondo question. Do you think they should get minutes over Rondo? Like Rondo's going to get his minutes. Like what I've loved is that they play together and I've loved how they've looked together the Rondo Crusoe minutes. I think Rondo yeah really compliments Caruso's well he covers up Caruso's weakness because Caruso's not a good on ball oh, creator he can't yeah he, mm-hmm. he's not a great pick and roll guy and that's what Rondo does and then what Caruso does is he covers up Rondo's mistakes on the defensive end so mm-hmm. really it's kind of working out I I didn't expect this but that backcourt has been really good between Rondo and Caruso yeah and then you also wrote about that too early on in the preseason about how Caruso's just not good with the ball Mm -hmm. and it's true i mean it's just he's not that type of point guard he's a more athletic you know sneaky i guess whatever he's a more (laughs) athletic point guard off the ball better off the ball he's a good defensive matchup for point guard so yeah i mean caruso's been impressive as well but not the most impressive for either of us um how about this question um who has surprised you the most this season for the lakers I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. It's got to be Dwight. It's a no. It's absolutely a no-brainer. And yeah. I, I went back to like we had this. Remember our discussion about who they should sign when Boogie mm-hmm. got hurt, and we both kind of were like, I think Noah. Like I think Joakim Noah is probably yep. safer. But we both agreed that Dwight, if he came in, we we thought he offered the, then the highest ceiling, and he had the most you know star power, and he had the most skills. We just weren't sure mentally if he was going to be engaged in everything, and. So far, he's proved literally almost everyone wrong in that regard. And I wish there was... I'm not sure if there's a Comeback Player of the Year award still or if they took that away, but I can't think of any other player who deserves it more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We both... I actually wrote down on my notes too. I was like, we both said Joe Kim Noah. (laughs) But we both said that no one of the options, once Boogie went down, nobody had a higher upside than Dwight Mm -hmm. Howard. But we just didn't trust him. Why would we trust him? I'm, you know, if this Lakers front office was the same one from 2012, you think they would have brought Dwight back? No. no. Like, if there was any residual effects from 2012 except Genie Buss, you think they would have brought Dwight back? No, probably not. Um, but it's true. I mean, we said it. If he does what he said he's going to do, he would be the ideal option to sign. We just didn't think he would do it. And, and history is proving us wrong because he is doing it. You know, he's he's being a good teammate. He's being grateful for the opportunity. He knows that they can take this away from him any minute because he doesn't have a guaranteed contract. So it's it's I don't care why Dwight's doing it. I just hope he continues to do it. Um, he's been playing so well and and it's impressive too, because last year he didn't really play. Um, thirty four years old, but he still has he plays more minutes than JaVale, mm-hmm. which is and he plays late minutes. Like we've seen, Le- we've seen him in the fourth quarter. He's playing important minutes. He's not coming in to fill in the second and third quarter. Like Dwight's playing real minutes when it counts, and it's it's been delightfully surprising <laughs> so far this year. And honestly, I'm not saying that the Lakers would be worse off without if they didn't have Dwight. But do you think they would be 21 and three without Dwight? Like in terms, of if they sign like say one of those other guys, like if they got like like and spades. Most spades, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say spades. Um, yeah. No, I don't think they would be twenty one and three. I think Dwight has won them at least two or three games with his energy alone in fourth quarters when they got stagnant. 
Um, I, I that Chicago game stands out to me where he and Kuzma really changed the course of that game and they won it in the fourth quarter. Earlier in a San Antonio game, he was huge down the stretch, and I think at at least two or three wins kind of Dwight won this team. So I don't know. I I I definitely am happy that they they took this chance on him. And a lot of these championship teams, they there's always a guy or two that they gamble on. Like I remember Miami uh, kind of took a gamble on Chris Anderson, Birdman, um, and he kind of offered that same type of energy. And he was a, kind of like a like a personality guy, and he had his off court issues, but he played a huge role for that team. And I think Dwight is kind of filling that same role for this team. Yeah, I'm not going to say Marcus All is like Dwight Howard, but last year the Raptors traded for Marcus All late, and he made a big difference yeah. in the playoffs too. Like it's always a guy that you're probably not expecting. We talked about that earlier in the off season too. How like it's you. A lot of championship teams have these the main main guys, but it's the pieces around them sometimes that step up. Let's not forget like Ron Artest mm-hmm. the last time won, or Meta World Peace the last time the Lakers won. You know, it's it's always like those those guys that you don't think about that make the difference sometimes. And maybe it's going to be Dwight later in the playoffs, but uh, so far for both of us, we agree Dwight Howard's definitely been the most surprising um, Lakers this season. So that's what we came up with just to talk about here tonight. But there is a game on Wednesday. The Lakers are playing the Orlando Magic. So speaking of Dwight, Dwight's return to Orlando. Is that going to be bigger or is Kawhi's (laughs) return to Toronto going to be bigger on Wednesday? I'm probably going to take the safe bet and say the Toronto game for sure. So there's not going to be like Dwight's back in Orlando. I, no, no, no I wonder what reception he gets. What, how, how do you think they, when he gets announced, it's, what do you think the reception? I don't know. It's been so long. It's can't, it can't be too, it can't be much of anything. I don't think. I mean, I would hope not. Like you said, it's been so long and it's that he's like played like in three different teams since then. Yeah. So I, I mean, I they might anything. boom because he's like on a good team now and he's on a, on a, on a possible championship. I don't know, but it's been so long. But anyways, the Lakers are playing the Magic uh, 4 o'clock in the, uh, in the West Coast. The Magic are, in their last seven games, they're 5-2. and two. Uh, And they only lost to Milwaukee and Toronto mm-hmm. in that stretch. So the Magic are playing pretty decent basketball at the moment. Um, we brought up your article about the big men for the Lakers and the havoc that they are causing to other big men or for people around the rim and last week when we talked about was it the the nuggets game or the jazz game i think it was the nuggets and the jazz yeah what they did to jokic mm-hmm. um and you're like jokic is having a down year and you know it's it's not the best jazz team we've seen in recently but i'm going to be interested to see how those three guys how they can dominate vucevic on the magic like a legit all-star center, he has to deal with those three guys all night. And so does Mo Bamba when he comes in. He's a big guy too. Um, but I'm going to be very interested to see that matchup between Vucevic and those three. Whoever's guarding him, whether AD even guards him ever, Vucevic is probably going to have to guard all three at some point. That's going to be a very interesting matchup for me. I think that's the thing. I don't. I think Vucevic is probably going to get his points no matter what. I just don't think on the other end he's going to be able to stop AD like at all so kind of like how we saw with towns that town towns had a pretty bad game but he still got like i don't know double digit scoring but defensively he just got crushed and i think that's gonna be a, a pattern that we see in a lot of these matchups until we kind of see that Embiid philadelphia series and also uh against uh, milwaukee i think milwaukee's another team that has big enough size to maybe give them some issues but 
Orlando is just super long. Like you said, Bomba. They have Isaac, who is a really good defender. He's super long also. Um, Alfarukaminu. Yeah, and I'm interested to see Markel Fultz like <laughs> watch Markel a full Fultz, game yeah. of his because he's playing really well this season. He's kind of one of the better stories this year also. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the what the matchup does. I mean, anytime that you go travel to the East Coast and you're about to start a five-game road trip all on the East Coast, it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers react because, like we said, by the next time we come on, they're going to play the Magic, the Heat, the Hawks, and the Pacers all on the road, and then they'll finish it off at Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's riding a 15-game win streak, so we all know how good they are. Um, but the Lakers are going to start this difficult stretch. And then after, well, starting with Milwaukee, that's when it gets a little heavy right there, right? You got the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Mavericks all in a row. So this is going to be a nice stretch uh, heading into 2020 for the Lakers. The Mavericks are the last game of 2019 for the Lakers. Yeah, all these games are going to be tough. Like, even the Orlando game, I know we can easily overlook them. But every single year, like, the Lakers, I feel, get blown out in Orlando or they lose to the Magic. Like, that team always gives this team issues. I know it's a different Lakers team, but I still get nervous, like, every time they go to a, to Portland or every time they go to Utah because they've always had trouble there. So, at you know, at Orlando and then at Miami, Miami's also really good. I know mm-hmm. they, the Lakers beat them. That's another tough team. Indiana's really good. And then, of course, the Milwaukee and Clippers matchup. These are really, really good teams the Lakers are about to play. And, uh, I, I mean, they're, I, I, you would assume they're bound to lose one of these games. I'm not sure when, but it's going to be interesting to see how You know, we keep they, saying that. We do we keep, keep saying, saying that. We it's keep true. saying that, and then they, they turn around, and then we're like, oh, they, str- they always struggle in Portland. Dude, they win by 23. That's true. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and the Wolves come in. They get blown out in, at Staples. Like, We've been saying that all season, and the Lakers just keep winning, and winning impressively. Obviously, the loss to the Mavs, but other than that, they're four and one in December. We both are, well, at least I know I have been like <laughs> negative have, about, yeah. Like, yeah. And that's just my my. It's working, so I'm just going to keep saying I'm, the Lakers are going to go one and three the next four. <laughs> I was going to say which <laughs> which one of these games do you think they have the highest possibility of losing uh, of this stretch I think, coming up? Uh, there's no back-to-backs, which is good. They're they're traveling every night, so what? That's 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 going to be a factor. Um, the Pacers game just looks like a tricky one. Mm. The Pacers game looks like a tricky one. I think this team. I don't know if there's such a thing as a trap game in the NBA. Like there kind of is. Like in football, you hear that all the time. Oh, it's a trap game. But the Orlando one is like you said. It, <laughs> are they ready for that one? Like could they be overlooking them, looking ahead to Miami. Um, they do have a day in between games, and we see it all the time. Players go to Miami with a free That's night. That's it, yeah. Players go to Miami with a free night. LeBron going back to Miami. Anthony Davis is uh, first time in Miami as a Laker. You know, there's storylines on that game. It's a Friday night game. Uh, that's an interesting one. Miami, like you said, is obviously good this year. The Hawks one is could be a letdown. I could see the Lakers starting 2-1 and, and, and just like, kind of looking ahead to the Pacers with the Hawks Mm -hmm. and we all know that the Hawks can put up points. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, It's just a tricky road trip. It's a super tricky road trip. That's the best way I could describe it. Do you think there's like one game that stands out to you that we're like, Oh, that's gonna, that's a tricky one. Besides like the obvious good teams, like that Miami one, like for the reasons you mentioned that day in between from Orlando and Miami, I think that's when those guys, I mean, hopefully with the veteran team, they know to kind of go to sleep early and not, 
kind of indulge in the night, like the nightclubs and all that stuff. But I, I mean, I, a four o'clock Miami game after a four o'clock Orlando game, I feel like the time zone difference and Miami's playing good basketball. They're another physical team. I think that's the one of the most, you know, the ones that are coming up the soonest that I think could give them some issues. Yeah, well, we'll see. The Lakers currently, though, 21-3. and They play the Magic on Wednesday at 4 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, by the time we'll be back, they will have four more games under their belt, and uh, we'll see how they go. Um, Alex, we're going to get to recap a game next Tuesday again. That's gonna We're going to go back to our wheelhouse. Yeah, man, I'm just going to be looking up uh, hot stove MLB stuff from then. I, I know I saw your San Diego Padres did some stuff, too. The San Diego Padres, I don't... I don't know if they're making good moves, but they're making moves. <laughs> That's something. And the Dodgers the, are just kind of sitting on their hands again. So Yeah, you know what you're going to do. You're going to go get Rendon. You're going to go get Garrett Cole. And you're going to win 110 games and then try and blow it in the World Series again. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, if you, all right, if you had to put money on it, where, where does Cole go? Garrett Cole goes to the highest bidder. I don't think Garrett Cole go, cares where he goes. Me neither. I really don't. Me neither. And I think the the post-game press conference after the World Series kind of proved that to me. When he's like, I'm here representing myself. I'm not an employee of the Astros anymore. And I know he was pissed because they didn't put him in in the World Series. But I think Garrett Cole goes to the highest bidder. And it he's a Scott Boris guy, right? Yep. Yeah, he goes wherever the hell the money's at. I think he's going to the Yankees. I, I think it's either the Yankees or Angels. I, I just... And I, I don't think pitchers are worth that much money steven strasburg went to school with the guy at san diego state watched him pitch in college he just got 245 million dollars to pitch 30 times a year so you're gonna give him 35 you're giving him over a million dollars a start if he makes every start that's crazy to me pitchers are not worth that much i think like relief pitchers are are more valuable i mean you know you're a dodger fan you see relief is is what kills you guys. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about dodgers and bullpen for another few months i i, I don't want to live past that but and garrett cole is going to make maybe 300 million they're saying so no it's insane no it is insane baseball hot stove is crazy what about wrestling hot stove uh nothing <laughs> <laughs> the hall of fame uh batista is going to go to the hall of fame that's basically it hey um i think next tuesday yeah, I think next Tuesday is our last podcast of 2019 because I don't think we're going to work on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So I think next Tuesday is uh, is the last one for us. Maybe we'll do our uh, our 2020 wish list next week too. Oh, that's a good one for sure. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, but I think by the time we talk next Tuesday, I could see Anthony <laughs> Rendon on the Dodgers for sure. That's my hope. I, that's a guy I've kind of circled and I definitely – I know we're kind of spoiled with the players we get being Laker fans and Dodger fans over here too, but yeah. he, he's the guy who just, he's so fun. He's great. And I think he's, I think there's enough smoke that he, I think it'll happen. I think I am only able to be a Padre fan because I also am a Dodger. I mean, a Laker fan. So I get <laughs> my spoils. Out. I get my spoils with the Lakers. It's obviously been a rough seven years, but I get my spoils with the Lakers. I'm like, okay, let's go to baseball season. And their stadium and, then, and that city is is unbelievable. So you definitely right. have a good one there, right? And dude, it's it's Laker mania down here, man. I'm telling you, I know the Clippers used to play here, but they just they just don't resonate like the Lakers do. I know every time the Lakers play at the sports arena down here, it's sold out. 
you know, you see Lakers stuff everywhere. I think Lakers make have made a big impact throughout all of Southern California and the country, obviously, when you see them play in other places and Laker fans take over. But San Diego loves Lakers, too, and I am one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we will talk to you guys on Tuesday after the Lakers' next four road games. Um, Alex, anything? Do you know what you're writing next week? I, I, I'm previewing, <laughs> it's too soon. I'm previewing the uh, Miami game, I believe. Miami game. Yeah, Miami game will be the next thing I write for the site. Okay, cool. So check that out at Alex M. Regla on Twitter, silverscreenandroll.com. You can catch all his work there. You can catch me on Twitter at AlexPadilla86. Alex, we will talk to you, everybody, next week. Thanks, man.